Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. What's your favorite scary movie? What's the boogeyman? You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? It's showtime. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. Yes, our We're, second episode. Our second episode. We made it. Woo. <laughs> I'm your host, Robbie. And, and I'm Sammy. And this is Sammy. Yes. So we're super excited that you're back. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for checking it out again. Yeah. And second thank episode. you for everybody who checked out our first episode on YouTube. We released it early. So we thank you. did. We'll probably release this one early as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan. If you are not subscribed to Limitless Broadcasting on YouTube, you're missing out because yes. we're releasing video podcasts now, sometimes even two weeks early. Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear what we have to say, subscribe Please. and you can get our content early. Yes, definitely check it out. And we're definitely going to be working on a Patreon, something that includes more of all of our shows put together. Mm-hmm. More of an more of an experience for our Patreons. Yeah, I agree. Patrons, I should Patrons. say. Patrons. Yes, I believe that's the correct term. Yes. Patrons. So we're we're back. We talked about Scream 1996. Uh-huh. And our next episode is Scream 2. Yep, we're back in Woodsboro. Back in Woodsboro. 1997 is the year. Because once is never enough. You're right. <laughs> that's the tagline. That's right. where I got that from. As clever as that is. Once is never enough. I guess. <laughs> yep, time for Scream. Two. Two. The body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. More blood, more gore. Carnage candy. Your core audience just expects it. And number three, if you want your sequel to become a franchise, never, ever... How do we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. All right. You ready for a summary? Yep. What is it? Okay, so Sydney who of course is Nev Campbell, in case you forgot or haven't watched these, but please watch everything before you listen to our show. Sydney Prescott, mm-hmm. she's the kind of the star of the show. As she should be. Yep. Sydney and tabloid reporter Gail Weathers have survived the events of the first scream, but their nightmare isn't over. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. When two college students are murdered at a sneak preview of Stab, which is the movie within a in movie. The movie. <laughs> 
for this one and continues on, which is a movie based on the first film, it's clear that a copycat killer is on the loose. Sydney and Gail, as well as fellow survivors, Deputy Dewey and Randy have to find out who is behind this murder spray before they all end up dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very intriguing. So this movie was released December 12th, 1997, very mm. quickly after the first one. They got a hit on their hand. They're like, oh, we got to do it again. Crazy. They Crazy probably took fast. like six months to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And then they probably had already had a script pre-made up. Yeah. And they, they were like. They started working on all this very, very quickly once they realized how popular the first screen was. Yeah. Yeah. As you can tell. Because it's like tell. a year later. So. Movie, you never can get movies years a year later. I mean, they really have mm-hmm. to work fast. Exactly. Not even, well, maybe in today's market because mm-hmm. they things are more it cookie depends. cutter. Yeah. But some stuff like this, they have to, especially back then, mm-hmm. they have it's to be moving really quickly. Crazy, crazy. So obviously this was rated R, like our previous one. The genre is horror and comedy once again. Director is Wes Craven, of course. He's back. Yep. Producers are Kathy Conrad and Marianne Madalena. Writer, again, Kevin Williamson. He's back just like for the first one. Opening weekend, it made $32.9 million. That's a good opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Overall gross was $101.3 million on a budget of $24 million. So that's why they keep greenlighting mm-hmm. more and more screen for movies. Sure. Its runtime is two hours even. Okay. So, yeah, pretty decently long movie. And it was distributed by Miramax Films, which last one was Dimension, but I mean, as we said, it's the same thing. Basically. I mean, yeah, there's, they're all the same company. Yeah. So this one had an 81% uh, critic rating, according to Rotten Tomatoes, 57% though from the audience. Not so good on the audience score. But again, this is from Rotten Tomatoes. So. I mean, this is is a sophomore film, and the, yeah. it's just like a sophomore album. Sophomore films or albums are always the hardest to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has a 6.3 out of 10 rating right now on IMDb. Really? So, yeah, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. No. For a sophomore film. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, filming locations. It was filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, and Los Angeles, which represented the state of Ohio. Okay. Where the this is where the Windsor College was supposed to be at. Okay. And most of the filming took place in LA, but they spent about four weeks in Atlanta. So. The whole cast and everything. Well, whoever was in those scenes, I guess. So yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. that'd be cool. Yeah, the opening scene featuring the premiere of the fictional Stab film was filmed over three days in the Vista Theater on Sunset Drive in Hollywood. Okay. So there you go, right in the center of everything, basically. Can you, well, let's talk about the opening scene for a second. For a movie premiere mm-hmm. of what they actually, the the patrons actually go in there, like they gave them the stab outfit and the knives Which, and everything. It's Only so funny. in movies would they do that. Would you do that? I Come mean, on. I wish I could go to a movie premiere and get that kind of stuff. They would just be like, here's a screen mask and here's, well, ghost face, ghost face right. mask and here's, Here's the whole robe to go with it. Right. And then they had like Ghostface going up and down the theaters like that on a zip line mm-hmm. back and forth. I mean, only in theaters yeah. you can actually get the good stuff. I mean, could you? No kidding. Going to a movie premiere like that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine. 
and we talked about this we assume even though it's not addressed in the movie that our first victims must have had some sort of like pre-sale tickets because yes how how are they gonna walk up to the movie theater and be like i'd like two for the most popular movie on the planet and the movie starts in 30 seconds like it's gonna be sold out it's uh gonna be around the block yeah i mean radio stations podcasts everything are gonna be advertising it oh get your screen screen or stab tickets yeah exactly i mean there's no way only in a movie where you can do that Mm -hmm. but just a thought that we had while we were watching it we were wanting to just discuss the opening scene Mm -hmm. the opening kill scene yes Mm -hmm. So so the exterior of the theater though was represented by the Rialto Theater in South Pasadena, California. Really? So two, are, technically two locations. They're everywhere on this. Mm-hmm. The sorority homes used for the character CC and then the nearby party were also filmed in Pasadena, east of Los Angeles. The fictional stab film was filmed in Malibu. Okay. There you go. And Agnes Scott College, which is just outside of Atlanta, and UCLA were the two campuses that were used to represent Windsor College. So that's why they were both included in there okay yeah so there you go imagine getting all the permits and everything to do all this i mean insane the unit manager unit production manager mm-hmm. having to go back and get everything i mean crazy wes craven definitely was not doing this he was like <laughs> i'm sure call the upm i'm sure he was not all right so our cast like we said has a lot of familiar people in it we have nev campbell returning as Cindy prescott david arquette is back as dewey riley courtney cox as gail weathers sarah michelle gellers in this one is cc buffy yeah this buffy is one of the, the major Slayer. reasons didn't buffy just start when this happened yes yeah she was officially on... the vampire slayer at this point yes mm-hmm. and she was a big movie star like she had buffy the vampire slayer and then scream and you're not like oh i gotta see scream and the i know what you did last the, summer yep, all in the same year yeah she was doing a lot of work yeah mm-hmm. jamie kennedy was back as randy Lori Metcalf. So Lori is technically Debbie Saltz, but as we also know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and talk about her. She, there's more to her character, yes. but we'll call her Debbie Salt for now because that's how she introduces herself to Gail. So we'll go with that. Lise Neal is Hallie. Jerry O'Connell is Derek, who is the boyfriend in this one. I, so young. Oh I did gosh. not really like him. Like I know. him as a character. I know. I feel like they could have gotten a better actor. Ah, okay. I didn't. I, the, I think the character could have been written different, and they could have mm-hmm. gotten a better actor. But yeah, we'll continue. All right, Timothy Oliphant. Oh, so it's so crazy seeing him in this as Mickey. He? Oh, Mickey. Okay. Yes, but he just again. I'm so used to seeing him now, mm-hmm. and and he looks so much younger in this. It's crazy. Jada Pinkett was Maureen Evans, who's one of the first to get it. This is when she's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not she didn't get blow up with all this fame. This is when she's that's normal. what you mean. Okay, normal. I'm just like Jada, I feel like Jada you could go Pinkett. a lot of ways with this, but yeah. Okay, Leave Schreiber was Cotton again in this she's movie. Very young. This is before wait, Ray Donovan. Before yes. anything, this mm-hmm. is he got to start in the screen movies. Crazy. 
Louis Arquette was Louis Hartley. David Warner is Gus. Oh, Portia de Rossi mm-hmm. makes a cameo in this as one of the sorority girls. Her name apparently was Murphy, but I don't think that's super relevant. Just the fact that you're like, is that Portia de Rossi? It's, that's it's her. Portia. That's definitely her. It's 100% her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. A lot of young Hollywood back in the day. I know, right? It's super crazy. Omar Epps was Phil Stevens, who yeah. also got it very early in the movie before he got some other big parts, too. And Joshua Jackson is film class guy yes, number one. He, he doesn't even have a name. He's just film class guy. Before he made it big, too. <laughs> number one. So fun trivia out there. In the first movie, when they were discussing the fact that a movie might be made about all of the killings happening in Woodsboro, who did Sydney say should play her in the movie or would play her? I, I don't know, actually. You got it's me. Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling. You're right. Tori yes, Spelling. Yes, who in fact does play Sydney Prescott right. in the Stab movies. Yeah. I remember Randy being upset when they're him and Dewey are in Baskin Robbins eating and they're like, oh, I got blah, blah, blah. But you got David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer makes to play the you. name. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is so, also funny with the Friends reference. Of absolutely. Course. Friends, mm-hmm. yeah, Courtney Cox. I mean, Friends is pretty big. Yeah. I think this was. When did Friends start? Oh, before before nine- this, because okay. she remembers she had a petition to get in the first screen. Right. Because she had that good cookie cutter image with, yep. yeah, with Friends. Luke Wilson is himself playing Billy Loomis in Stab. <laughs> so again, kind of keep this all straight. Heather Graham is herself playing Casey in the Stab movie once again. And of course, we have Roger L. Jackson returning as our Ghostface voice. He, of course, probably loves that job. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. I mean, he probably gets paid several millions of dollars a I'm year sure he, to yeah. do this, I and all he does have to. Up. And basically, he could record all of his lines in like an afternoon. But remember, he but usually he's does on set. it. Yeah, he sits in, on another I would phone. Too. And they did the same thing in this movie that they did in the first one where he's talking to them live, but they don't see him. The actors don't meet him. I would, too. Mm-hmm. I would do the same thing. It's very cool. I like that Wes did that. I think that's smart. I wonder if they did that for Scream 5. We'll have to figure that out. Well, when I'm looking up info for it, I can definitely let you know. Mm-hmm. So filming, one thing Robbie asked me to add into these episodes was to see what kind of camera they used. Right. For all of us film guys out there. All the nerds. So I did look it up. It was a Panavision, Panaflex, Platinum, Panavision Primo, and C-Series lenses. Okay. So there you go. Panavision was Bowman's industry standards. Mm-hmm. You could see that. And what's most interesting when we're putting these show notes together, and I'm looking this up but not mattering the cameras, all the way until we hit Scream, Scream 5, which is not really Scream 5, but whatever, we'll get there. But all of them are film. Mm-hmm. And then it switches to digital. So it's digital. very interesting to see the change over and, time. And Scream 5 is a requel, but we'll get into that. We're not we, there yet. When we get in that. That's why I quotes for, for Scream 5. Oh, so some more filming facts. One scene in Kevin Williamson's screenplay was described simply as Wes Craven will make it scary. Wes, yes, he will. <laughs> I love that he literally just put that in there. Wes will make it scary. Doesn't doesn't need any more to it. He'll figure it out. And I'm, I'm sure. sure he did. No doubts. Robert Rodriguez directed scenes of Stab, the movie within a movie. Really? Yes. They so they actually had another director come in to do this. Rodriguez directed the Casey Becker, which is the Heather Graham, as we said, scene. And the one with Sydney and Billy when they're talking. When they're in the 
in the, uh, the high hallway. school. And yeah. he's like, stupid, stupid, stupid when she walks away. Yeah. That's so funny. No, this stab movie is high quality. You can tell. Mm-hmm. One of the extras leaked the script to the internet. Oh. This is one of the first major film leaks ever. Saucy. And as a result, the script was almost entirely rewritten with pages often being completed the day they were to be filmed. Is that why it's so wonky? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Which they had a different, two different killers at the beginning. Things got totally switched up from my understanding. Wouldn't you hate that as an actor? I believe like they would, did, which is why they reference it in the next movie. Like you would know all your lines and they're like, oh, by the way. We had to we had do to it. Re- rewrite this. You have 30 minutes to learn this. It's insane. Security was also tightened and everyone had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, which I'm surprised they did not have before. Yeah, me too. But they added that in and they had many reshoots. The script was reprinted on specialty paper, which was like a gray paper from what I read, so that it couldn't be photocopied. And they often destroyed them right after they used the pages. Wes Craven is probably like, oh, nobody's going to do that on my movie anymore. No, they definitely took a lot of precautions to fix it. All right, you ready for some killer facts? Yep. Ten deaths in this movie. You got ten deaths. Up from the last one. Yeah. Killing a little bit more people. Phil Stevens was obviously first one to go. He was stabbed in the head by our first ghost face, Nancy Loomis, a.k.a we didn't reference that should we go over that now so yes let's go over that mm-hmm. so nancy loomis is also our reporter yep mm-hmm. so spoiler alert yeah just fyi that's why i said there's more to her that meets the eye yeah that she's... when she's introduced as debbie salt she's not debbie salt <laughs> she's nancy loomis billy loomis's mother <laughs> yeah mind big blown twist. Big, Big twist, twist there, which is most interesting because Sydney doesn't doesn't ever see her until the end, mm-hmm. which is why she can't call her out and be like, oh, you're Billy's mom. See, I feel like that's ironic because they were always around each other. She Maybe she just wasn't paying attention. I, I don't think that Nancy ever got close enough to her because she spent most of her time going up to Gail and trying to get interviews with Gail and talking to Gail, or she showed up at the sorority house. Well, showed up at the sorority house, but... You know, she was never really in where Sydney was, but she right. was frequently around Gail. And of course, Gail's not going to know really right. anything about her besides like one random photo she saw of her and she looked completely different. Right. But Sydney would be able to tell. Right. Because yeah. she grew up with her. Mm-hmm. So there's the difference. So Phil got it, stabbed in the head. Very interesting death through the bathroom stall wall. Yeah, that's creative. Yeah. Maureen stabbed. I love the descriptions in this I got from Dead Meat Wiki. I highly recommend checking out for any horror movie. They crack me up. They literally said, stabbed a whole bunch by Mickey. (laughs) (laughs) And that made me laugh because I was like, yep, that's true. And the worst thing is because all these jokers are in the theater with them, watching the movie, acting like fools, dressed up as Ghostface. Nobody knows that when she's screaming and making a scene that, no, like she's actually being stabbed. She's actually dying. Yeah. I think even as a moviegoer, at first you're just like, wait, wait, is this real? Wait, right. she actually did get stabbed. Wait, what's happening here? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Only in the movies. Can you imagine if somebody, mm-hmm. somebody realistically, if a movie theater was like that, they could get away with it. 
Because there was so much nonsense going on. Nobody was being quiet in that theater. No one was right. actually sitting down. And watching the movie. And watching the movie. I would oh be Oh my pissed. gosh. Me too. I, I don't go like, to the movies for your bullshit. Yeah, I want to actually watch this fucking thing. So you guys got to be quiet. I mean, it's one thing if everybody's like laughing and like excited about the same moment. And mm-hmm. you kind of all make noise at once. And that's cool. But this was just a ruckus. Yeah. <laughs> just chaos everywhere. I probably would have been like, I want my money back for this. We're going to leave. This is too rowdy for me. I actually want to watch the movie. We'll just get it from the Blockbuster later. (laughs) Yeah. Back in 97, Blockbuster was popping. (sighs) All right. So Cece was stabbed, thrown three stories down by Nancy Loomis. Yep. She was thrown out the, the sorority onto the pavement. So, yep. Randy was stabbed a bunch in the van. We didn't really get to see it. No, no. Which is that's uh, so. Let, let since now we're talking about Randy, I think they did. I think the franchise did Randy dirty. They should have. They should let have him live. Let him live. Yeah, I agree. He is a character I would have liked to see more of, rather than yeah. They tried to make up for it a little bit in the next one, but it's. I think Dewey tried to. I mean, they ha- Dewey took over his job because by the fifth one, especially, he's explaining the right. rules of the requel or whatever. But I feel like they should have kept Randy around. I it would have been nice. I think it would have added to the ensemble. Yeah, and him hanging around with Sydney still all these years later and being friends with her, I think yeah. it would have been yeah good. But they didn't. They killed him. Yeah, slit his throat. I wonder if Wes Craven regretted that. I think I did see somewhere where they did, but I don't want to say that's fact, but I feel like I did read that somewhere that they were like, oh, maybe we should have so in the kept f- him alive. So in the comments on YouTube, if you guys know that answer, can you let us know? fill us in? Mm-hmm. Please do. Show question of the day. Let us know. Officer Andrews had his throat slit by Mickey. Officer Richards had a pipe impaled through his head, also by the lovely Mickey, of course. And at that time, remember that Nancy couldn't have done it because she was off attacking Gail and Dewey. Mm-hmm. And that's when he was at the when Mickey was at the police cruiser. And Nancy wanted to kill Gail. And basically the thought is she attacked Dewey because he was just there. So she probably would have left him alone if he hadn't been in the wrong place at the wrong time. One thing we'll talk about later, too, like Dewey got stabbed in the first one and he had that that limp. Mm-hmm. But I guess he worked it out through the... The theory is that Dewey, over time, went to physical therapy. okay. He was treated, and that's why he got better. And then the fifth one, whatever recoil crap, rolls around. And then And he's depressed, and he has the limp back because he's not taking care of himself. So there you go. Okay. That's what I read about it at the end of the day. Also, another thing with these, going back to the current movie, (laughs) with the police stabbings and, and whatnot... When Mickey unmasks himself at the end, he has a big, large cut on his forehead, which, you know, came from when he crashed the cop car. So that's another reason why we know Mickey did it. That's I did not never caught that. Because remember, they get in that big crash and then Sydney. They have to climb over. Sydney has to climb over him and wants to unmask him. And it's a whole thing. Sydney. I want to see. I want to see. And then that then her black friend dies. Her roommate. Her roommate. I'm not not trying to say That's Hallie, right? That's That's Hallie. Hallie. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just trying to keep the characters together. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that in a racist way. So Mm -hmm. just FYI. Yeah. So next next kill is actually Hallie who's stabbed in the chest by Mickey. 
Yep. Derek was shot by Mickey. Right and at he the was end. like, when he was like, I have to have a partner. I have to have a partner. And, and Mickey Sydney, was like, and Sydney was really like, like thinking it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he put that doubt into her head. Yep, mm-hmm. that's what, he knew what exactly what he was doing. But nope, it nope. wasn't the boyfriend again this it time. Was not nope. Nancy was shot, of course, by Cotton. Yes. Which uh, I always wonder if Cotton would have. I don't know what Cotton's mindset was like because he clearly did it once sydney agreed to do the interview with right him. but would he have still done it regardless even if sydney was just like are you fucking kidding me you need to just kill this this crazy bitch i, I always know. wondered what i don't know what cotton would have done i i've wondered that too like yeah. hmm what would cotton really do but in the end he does kill nancy it's so. not like him and nev campbell sydney were on the best of terms. I no. mean, she did frame him a year earlier for murder. Well, by accident. By, by accident. I'll yeah. give you that. I mean, she didn't do it on purpose. But, you know, from that experience, it actually helped set him up. So yeah. mm-hmm. he can't be two men. Yeah, that's true. And finally, Mickey was shot. <laughs> Again, dead meat wiki. Thank you. Cracking me up. Mickey shot a ton, like seriously, so much by Sydney Prescott and Gail Weathers. <laughs> that just has me cracking up. I love their descriptions. I'm so glad I found them. They're hilarious, but also true. So some more little tie-ins to who was Ghostface when to kind of put the, the whole scene together, whole movie together. At the Greek house, when Sydney was attacked, it should be Nancy because she told Gail that she had a deadline to meet and took off right away. Right. Yeah. And then obviously Sydney's attack happened and it would make sense too, because she obviously hates Sydney. And Mickey was actually at the party. And Mickey was at the party too. Right. So he had a alibi in that scene. The theater. So when she's doing that, the, the run through, whatever, I don't know what they call it. The preview? Yeah. Well, when they're they're doing their like dress rehearsal, I think that's what uh, it was. Theater, yeah, 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 the dress rehearsal at the theater. So that would have been Mickey, Mickey because he, he knows like, how to get around in the theater. And he was like, oh, I had to edit. And mm-hmm. her, 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 her boyfriend came and was like, oh, Mickey had to edit. He's not available. Right. Because he's here. Because he's By here. By the way. Also, it gets ob- it's more obvious, too, at the end when they're back at the theater and Nancy gets lost, doesn't know where she's going on the theater the stage, mm-hmm. but Mickey obviously knew his way around it. So that's why that also makes sense. Sydney's little message that she got in the library, that would have been Mickey because he had access to the computers. So it makes sense that in that makes case. Sense. Yeah. Dewey was attacked by Nancy, as we said, because she was already trying to get Gail. And unfortunately, Dewey was there. Wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. The most interesting thing about this is that Ghostface always kills victims using their left hand always even in the first one no in this one okay yeah in this one in particular in scream 2 ghostface uses their left hand because the killers are mickey and mrs loomis as we said but the idea was that mickey was going to be framed right mm-hmm. so nancy intentionally used her left hand because mickey was left-handed so she used her non-dominant hand to kill because it'd be easier to set him up so that he could take the blame and of course, he agreed to it because he's a he sociopath. Want, he wanted the trial. He wanted the. He wanted people to know it was him. Yep, he wanted all the fame and 
attention that came with it. So yes, he did. Mm, yeah, but they couldn't. That's why she couldn't ever use her actual right hand to kill because then it would have. I don't know forensics or something would have figured it out. I guess I even at idea. the end was she using the gun at well, the left? That's, I think so. That's a good question. I'll have to go back and rewatch that, but I think but, I think so. She was using her gun or left hand to hold the gun. I don't know. That's a good question, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. Originally, in the first script that had to get rewritten, Mickey was killed by the two ghost faces, so he really? was not a killer in that one. He was spared in this one. Mm -hmm. No, he mean. Well, he he wasn't killed, so he was spared, and he actually got a promotion. He's to a, kill a killer? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. The cast was not informed of the identity of the killer until the very last day of principal photography. Really? And they did not receive the last 10 pages of the shooting script until it was time to film the scenes. Because of all this nonsense that this extra caused. So, mm -mm. shouldn't leak stuff, people. No, you it's not shouldn't. nice. Movie studios do not like that. Mm-mm. Once again, in Scream, we have some horror movie references. Not quite on the same level as the first one, but still, there's some references. Scream 2 makes fun of the first Scream when Gail Weathers writes a book based on the Woodsboro murders and turns it into the movie called Stab, as we know. As we know that. Which, again, continues on and on. In the film Stab, the Casey Becker actress, we said was Heather Graham, gets naked and turns on the shower which is a reference to Janet Lee's shower scene in Psycho. Another Psycho reference. Love to tie those in because we had that in the first movie too. Yeah. When Haley is looking through her closet, a striped sweater is hanging on the door that looks like Freddy Krueger's sweater. Again, back to Nightmare on Elm Street. Wes Craven. Yep. Mm -hmm. One of Cece's friends imitates the theme from Friday the 13th when they're on the phone together. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. So there's another tie-in right there. When Gail arrives at the Omega Beta Zeta house, Joel mentions Faces of Death, which is a 1978 movie. Yep. Officer Richards and Officer Andrews are assigned to Sydney's bodyguards. The names of the detectives are references to Kyle Richards and Brian Andrews, who portrayed the two young kids in Halloween. Really? I didn't know that. The original, original. Original. 1978. When Randy points out the suspects to Dewey, he mentions Mrs. Voorhees from Friday the 13th and Candyman. So there you go. And Randy also mentions a final exam, graduation day, Splatter University, the house on Sorority Row, and the dorm that dripped blood while he's talking to the killer. Because of course he did, because he's Randy. Of course. Yeah, he would Aren't name drop all of those. Ask me a question, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yep. So some more general trivia that we've got for the movie. Various titles were considered for the sequel at different points in the film's production, including scream again scream louder and scream the sequel i'm glad they didn't use that i mean scream 2 works yeah <laughs> it's, it's yeah, that's what everyone's gonna call it anyway you might as well just call it scream 2 right right i mean no one's gonna say all that at the end of the day pauline patterson who plays the usher that hands the masks to maureen and phil won her role in a contest sponsored by mtv that's cool i thought that was very cool what a, that's so much fun yeah so i mean she didn't have a very big part but still she's forever in the movie yeah oh mm -hmm. i won that in a contest mm -hmm. too bad they don't do stuff like that today yeah not as much originally was scheduled to open alongside tomorrow never dies and titanic 
both blockbusters shifted their dates so they were not pitted against this movie. Scream did wow. not move. They did. That's cool. Tomorrow that... Never Dies and Titanic moved their James release Bond dates. And Titanic. Because of crazy Scream. big movies. And they were like, oh, this we is going to be go a crazy big movie too. I thought that was Very so cool. funny and so cool that they did that. Wes Craven submitted eight different cuts to the MPAA before he got it to his R rating this time. This is the longest film of the Scream franchise. Okay. That two hours, like I said. The original in the original Scream, Sydney jokingly says if they made a film, they'd probably be crass enough to cast someone like Tori Spelling. And as I said in my little trivia, that's exactly what they did for this movie. Selma Blair is the girl that Cece talks to on the telephone before the killer calls. In case okay. you didn't know. I did not know that. So there you go. Because she's only on there as a voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Kevin Williamson interviewed Cotton on television. So the writer was the one interviewing Cotton. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I thought did that not was know a that fun either. little cameo. This is Timothy Oliphant's first leading role in a film. And he's the killer. And, and okay. So for those of you who didn't know that, he's the killer. He's Mickey. Yeah. Well, I think we've established that by now. Yep. Just in case, though. Always good to reiterate. Matthew Lillard, this is the best thing has an uncredited cameo appearance in the sorority party. I was going to bring that up. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for you to do that. Yep. After he played Stu in Scream and he was killed, as we said in the last show, killed in quotes by the television in Sydney. Stu, no, Matthew, because Stu is his character. Matthew revealed in a 2009 interview that Stu was originally intended to be the killer in Scream 3, which Hmm. we will talk about what happened when we get to them movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. next time yep we will discuss that a little bit but it's very blink and you miss it almost in the background and his hair is like blonde blonde like you guys are gonna have to go back and pause, pause it and be yeah like, oh, there he is yeah but he's there in the background he is there mm-hmm. you don't really notice him but if you know it's him you know you know it's him yeah so that's exactly. very cool and our last little tidbit cc talks about a recent episode of party of five which happens to be the drama series that Nev Campbell was starring in at the time. Yes, she was. And with these movies, they had to work around her schedule. Yeah. Which was a bit difficult to do. She's only available brief periods of time. And yeah, it's made a little challenging. I'm sure she got paid more for the Scream movies than Hardy Five. I have no idea, but possibly. Because these were big blockbusters. So yeah. I could see that. And I did also read, there was some interesting information about Jada Pinkett, if you guys want to look it up, but she basically requested like a very gruesome death. Really? She specifically was just like, please just make this the most horrific death ever. Do me dirty. And she sent Wes Craven a set of like carving knives as a thank you. Really? (laughs) Which is pretty funny. That is pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, it made me laugh. I I could see her doing that though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's... I guess she got her wish, though. She, yeah. She did die pretty gruesomely. I mean, I feel like from the scream, I mean, it could have been worse. Yeah, but I agree. But for 1997, mm-hmm. that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a good job, especially yeah. the fact that you didn't know what was going on or the moviegoers around her didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And it's like right in the middle of the chaos. I think that was really well done. Very much so. Mm-hmm. You want to do some quotes? Sure. All right. So phone voice which is a.k.a. Ghostface, what's your favorite scary movie? To which Randy replies, showgirls. 
absolutely <laughs> frightening. What's yours? That cracks me up. I'm just like, oh, Randy. Sarcastic till the end. Dewey asks Randy about Gail when they're they're all uh, right before all these kills. The right before the killer gets Randy. Dewey says, "When did she start smoking?" Referring to Gail. Randy says, "Ever since those nude pictures on the internet." And Gail replies, "It was just my head. It was Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston's, Aniston's body. body." Another friend's quote. Mm-hmm. That made me laugh too. Just and the funny thing is, they're best friends in real life. Yeah, so I'm sure Jennifer Aniston thought that was funny too. Yeah, for sure. And Randy, of course, has to share some information about sequels, like he did in the first one. He's got to tell us how you survive and what's going on in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. So Randy says, "The way I see it, someone's out to make a sequel." you know, cash in on all the movie hoopla. So it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Always bigger. And it was true. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. Much. More blood, more gore. Yep, got that. Carnage candy, he says. which Carnage I think is candy. That's of, pretty funny. One of Robbie's favorite lines right there. Your core audience just expects it. And number three, if you want your sequel to become a franchise, never, ever. And then he's cut off. Is that in the video? When he was doing it in the, uh, no. No, this is Scream This is, yes, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Sometimes I get it. Yeah, but we didn't find out what you should never, ever do. He was I believe off. there might be an extended scene or something somewhere that explains Probably it. Probably on the DVD. Yeah, but in the movie, we don't know. I'm probably, I'm pretty sure he's going to say Scream. Mm-hmm. Never ever scream. I don't know what he's going to say for sure. So I have some trivia questions for you before we discuss it. So don't look at the screen okay. where my notes are. So how does Maureen suggest to catch this killer and stat? So Maureen's watching the movie. Casey's on the phone with Ghostface. What does she say to do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, actually. Hang up the phone and star 69 his ass. That's right. That's right. What movie is misquoted in Randy's film class? uh, Alien. It is Alien. Alien. Randy's classmate misquotes, and this is in quotes, the misquotes is in quotes, Alien by saying, get away from her, you bitch. Randy corrects him with, I believe the line is, stay Stay away away from her, her. you bitch. However, Randy is incorrect. Really? That was not the correct line. Nope. His classmate, who we said was Joshua Jackson, he, this is his like World. one line in this movie. Yeah. Joshua Jackson messed up and said the quote correctly, but Jamie Kennedy just went with it, stayed in character, and they kept filming the scene. <laughs> I did not yeah, know that. There you go. So there's that's why it's wrong in the movie if you actually know the exact quote from Alien. It's because Joshua Jackson, the actor, had messed up, but Jamie Kennedy just rolled with it. And it's kind of funny. I think it's funnier in that sense because you're just like Randy's like the movie buff and he gets it wrong and he's so smug about it too. <laughs> I did not know that. And it's I did incorrect. not know that. So yeah, there you go. And which unseen news reporter wants to interview Sydney and Cotton? Isn't it Miss Loomis? No, like famous news reporter that wants to interview. Diane Sawyer. Diane Sawyer. Yep. Yeah. That's right. You got it. Mm-hmm. 100% correct. Good job. Well, the first one was kind of off. But. Okay, well, no, on the last one and the last couple you got. You're right. You didn't get the star 69 his no, ass. No, I did not. No, but that's okay. So what else do you want to say about this movie? 
What did you think out of it? I liked it, actually. I realized that the Rotten Tomato score indicates people did not like it, but I liked it. I think it was very entertaining For a sequel, still. yeah, I thought it was good. I thought that the tie-in was good, how they had Billy's mom come back to seek revenge because she's pissed at Sydney because mm-hmm. he died, even though your son was a psychopath, but clearly gets matter. it from you because look what she did. Look what she did. Obviously runs in the family, right? Yeah. Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Clearly. So, yeah, I liked that tie-in. And then the whole idea of Mickey just wanting to be famous for this makes sense because people still do, like, ratchet, crazy shit that they should not do nowadays so they can be famous on TikTok and YouTube and whatever platform they want to be famous on. Yeah. So I could definitely see that back as... Yeah, especially back in those days because the internet was really starting to, I don't even to think, take off a little bit. I don't think they even had YouTube at this point in time. I don't know when YouTube started, but either way, it was easier to get information out there now. Right. The internet they was starting to become a thing. and Definitely did not have social media at this time. Mm-mm. So Not yet. No, not quite. Eventually. Eventually. We'll get there. But the I am, that was kind of the start of our... Yes. I mean, it's this type of social media because when you had I am right, you look yeah. to see which friends were online mm-hmm. and who you could talk to at the then. time and who you wanted to not see online or right or who you wanted to block. You can see like if your crush is online, you can talk to talk to them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of the early days of that, and I like that they changed the setting too. Then we went to to college with Sydney. So yes. Got to mix it like up a little too. bit that way. I thought that was good. I'm glad they just didn't keep her in Woodsboro. I'm glad they let mm-hmm. her go to college and yeah. help expand the franchise. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I liked it. I thought this was a very cool movie. You yeah. know, I thought mm-hmm. it was very entertaining and fun. And as I mean, it's a sophomore movie. So mm-hmm. it, for a sophomore movie, it was great. Yeah. I think it still had the fun that the first movie had. Mm-hmm. I thought that it still was a good time to watch. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and I feel that way mostly about the Scream movies. Yeah. The next one is not my favorite that we're going to talk about, Scream 3. Well, But there's reasons, I think, and it's not totally their fault. And again, when we get into that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just saying, yeah. What else? Do you want to no. say anything? No, I think that basically wraps up yeah scream too yeah i mean i'm a big fan of the franchise so of course i like them all yeah i mean i like more, some more than others but i'll still watch them all mm-hmm. yeah um, most definitely yeah it's not going to live up to the first screen but you can't recreate that right really until at the end of the day the, right. the way that they all those great things we talked about you can't recreate it but right. i still think they did a good job oh absolutely in in setting it up and trying to figure out who it is because honestly when you're watching this one, I mean, you're like, okay, one of her friends must be a killer. You just right. assume, right? But mm-hmm. the fact that fake W. Salt, Nancy Loomis, whatever, was, was the other twist. one, I thought that was a good twist. Because she's always there, but not really there. Right. And she's such a, you know, she must have been somebody because of the actress that they had playing her. Right. Right. But at the same time, you're like, ah, oh, maybe she's a red herring because she just like randomly pops up places She's from Roseanne. Uh-huh. Yes. Roseanne's sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That she... means Roseanne was popping at this time too. Yeah, but I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was a good good twist. And when you rewatch it, then you're just like, oh, no wonder she 
like beat Gail to sorority house because she freaking killed Cece. So mm-hmm. makes sense. And then when they're trying to piece together, uh, which we didn't even talk about how they picked the people they killed. We didn't That's even talk about thing. that. Yeah. So before we wrap it up. Yeah. So we have Maureen killed at the beginning. Maureen Prescott. Prescott. There's your tie in there. The boyfriend's last name was Stevens. Steve. Cece. From, oh, Scream from, One. from Scream One. That was CC's boyfriend. He was Casey's the, boyfriend. Casey, Casey's boyfriend. He was yeah. the one that was gutted. Yep. CC's real name is Casey, so that's why she was killed. So there you start to see the the patterns. Yeah. Where where they're getting that from recreating, like they said, the movie. Mm-hmm. They're making their their own sequel to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was clever too. Yeah, I did think that was like pretty clever. Pretty clever. Piece it together and like, why are they killing these random people? Right. So the first two, at first you're like, they're just random, like, copycats. But when you think about it. Right. It was actually well done. Yeah. Yep. All right. So as we said, next time will be Scream 3. Scream 3. What? Yeah. This one will definitely be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Sorry. We'll definitely have to edit that out. Uh, but no yeah. Well, definitely follow us on Instagram. Yes. At Boogeyman Pod. Mm-hmm. Definitely follow our YouTube channel, Limitless Broadcasting. Yep, if you're listening to the audio version, go find it yep. on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. That would yes. be great. And you get notifications whenever there's a new one coming out. And the bell. Click the bell as well. Mm-hmm. So there anytime we release content, you'll get you'll know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you'll want to follow us too at the same lamb on instagram sorry i lost my train of thought for a second and at robert 1950 studios yep. and at limitless limitless broadcasting too because we'll post about some of our other stuff that we're doing as well other yep. shows and whatnot yeah yep all right we'll all right see you next time for thank Stream you for 3. checking us out mm-hmm. bye-bye You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert1950Studios and at The Samalam. We also have a TikTok at 1950Studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week.